Press Podcast, and something might be a little different here because we're changing things up. It's 2022, 100th episode. I will now be hosting the West Coast Press Podcast as uh, Chris Jackson's been demoted. That's what I'm going to go with. Just demoted, uh, no longer no longer hosting the West Coast Press Podcast anymore. But anyways, Chris, how was your new year? <laughs> how was your flights back from uh, from your vacation last week? I, I will not read the text exchange we had to prove you wrong, but you know what? I don't care. I got demoted. Whatever. I'll deal with it. I'll suck it up. Who cares? But it, my flight's back. Don't worry. I tested negative for COVID, came back, tested negative for that, so I'm all good for every game and practice to go to. But went to the East Coast for the holidays, I guess a little bit after Christmas, to visit family, go to the Capitol and all of that. And then we're in Pittsburgh, ready to fly back home. Get the text, flight canceled. Okay, so we'll fly out a little bit later that day. Nope, then they're like, flight canceled again. You guys are going to fly out on Sunday instead of Saturday. So we just had a day of nothing to do really because, I mean, it was New Year's Day and a lot of things were closed on New Year's Day and it was raining and a whole bunch of things. Luckily, the flights did arrive back on time on Sunday, so I did make it back only to make it back for a whole bunch of cancellations in the world going into a frenzy again. So I guess a chaotic weekend was just the start of a chaotic week, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You definitely came back at a, uh, at a great time and we're going to get into cancellations and all that later. But while you were on the East coast, we had the West coast jamboree, which was an incredible tournament. And we're going to kind of talk about some of the teams that we had there, but DeSoto was there who's ranked number two in the nation. Um, they had a great tournament, ended up winning the West Coast Jamboree in their top division there. Um, but what we did get to see was a ton of the top teams in the Bay Area for the women's side just really battle it out. And we kind of got to see where these teams stand, although it's early in the season. But Chris, I really want you to go into what you think of some of these top teams. Uh, Carondelet, they did beat Me- Mitty to give them their lone loss on the season. Salesian lost a couple games. They lost to Mitty again. Um, over that weekend as well. But you also have St. Ignatius, Pinewood, Valley Christian, Bishop O'Dowd, Bandon, Royal Catholic, and SRV also had a big weekend. So kind of give us what your thoughts are on the standings of where women's fastball in the Bay Area is right now. I think the top story is Karan Delay. A couple of years ago, right before Kelly Silpak moved over from Miramont, so we've gotten into him before, what he did there, right? Sabrina Ionescu winning all those titles, what he's done with Cal Stars, the amount of Collegiate players, over 200. He's coaching his time as an AAU and high school coach. Crandall at middling 500 program. He comes in before last season. They just lose once to San Ramon Valley in a close game on Crandall's home court. This year, they've got more additions. Talana Lapolo also, when you saw them earlier this season, before you saw them at the Jamboree, Talana Lapolo wasn't even eligible yet. She was a great player at St. Joseph, Notre Dame, and Alameda. Won an NCS Open Division title there as a sophomore. Sat out last season because of the transfer. Sat out the first half of this season because of the transfer. Now she's back going to Stanford as pretty much as highly touted of a recruit as you can get on a team. She's back and healthy. Her One of her first games in Phoenix tournament play was 17 points and six assists to lift Carondelet past St. Ignatius, a team that beat Pinewood. We'll get into all of them in a second, but that was a comeback win. So they've got her. Nia Epps was already there. She's a UC Davis signee. They've added so many great pieces there. Now Carondelet's 9-1. and one. Its lone loss was a DeSoto 
by just six points for that nationally ranked team. They've already beaten Mitty. They play them actually again on January 17th, and they'll K-Day a lot of those big basketball games happen. Then they beat Bishop O'Dowd with Amaya Bonner. They beat St. Ignatius. They beat Panola Valley, who's also ranked. Right now, though, I would say Carondelet has to be the top story of Bay Area girls basketball, at least with this start and what Kelly Sopak has done and now all these new additions starting to become eligible, like a Stanford-bound player in Tawana Lapola. Yeah, I mean, Carondelet, seeing Lapola play for the first time, like you said, the first time I saw him wasn't there. They were still very impressive. But then adding her into the mix and seeing them go against the top teams um, really in the country, and they played amazing against DeSoto, ended up losing that game. But um, seeing what Lapolo did, she looks like a D1 star because she really just controls the whole court. And she looks like CP3 to me. That's kind of how she controls the game. Um, you know, and that's it, high praise comparing her to the point god, but no matter how much I hate him. But despite that, Lapolo <laughs> plays great, and I'm really impressed with uh, being able to see her for the first time play in live action. So that was impressive. But, you know, kind of go into Carondelet is definitely a top story. They might be the top team this year, but there's a lot of teams nipping at their heels right now. Kind of go into Sagnatius, Salishan, Mitty, Pinewood, um, and that, those next four teams and what you see from them. So St. Ignatius' lone loss was by one point to Carondelet at the Nike Tournament of Champions. And they had a 12-point lead in that fourth <laughs> quarter, but St. Ignatius is doing great things. Eight and one, they beat Pinewood, the defending, as we saw at CCS Open Division champion, Pinewood knocked off that dynasty in midi in the spring season there. Now St. Ignatius is really making a move. Some of these South Bay programs, you got to give them so much credit. They're there. Middy's there. Middy's got so much balance. They're 10 and 1. They've only lost to Carondelet, but they beat Salesian twice, too. I'm very interested to see those Middy St. Ignatius games of the season for girls. They've also beat Cardinal Newman, but you've got Morgan Shelley, a sophomore, averaging over 15 points, six rebounds, and almost four steals and four assists. You've got the junior Meyer Hernandez at 10 points, five rebounds, two steals. Nomi Barito, 10 points, 3.7 rebounds, and three assists. So you, They've got actually four girls averaging over nine points per game there under that. Also, another legendary head coach, you can say, in Sue Phillips, who's coached the national team for some of these groups. Midi's playing really well, as always. Salesians 8-3, and three, and they've beat Valley Christian. They've beat Marin Catholic. They beat Centennial, who came up from Southern California. They've got a great resume. And Sylvie Fanangaloa, she was their top scorer and rebounder last year. She's now their number three scorer on that team this year. Sophia Fidelis is really coming, averaging over 10 points. Makai Asadonia, she's also an athlete of the week candidate this week, so vote there on our website. You can check out the link on our social medias. But Salesian playing really well. Pinewood, yes, they did lose, but since then they beat some great teams. They beat Los Altos, a team right there. These rankings beat them by 47. Marin Catholic, another ranked team, top 15 team by 27. They beat St. Francis. We went to a CCS championship in its own division last year. Has a lot of the great softball players actually in that basketball team doing really well. They beat them by 11. They also beat San Ramon Valley by 27, a team that went undefeated last year. And they beat them by 27 despite going 2 of 28 from the three-point line, 8.5% from the three-point line in that game. And they've got Ella Ledeen going to Washington. It's, it's a different box score than you usually read for Pinewood because, mm -hmm. as you see them, the way they pass, move, drive, and kick, three points. So it's always balanced, eight, nine, ten points per game. This year, though, L.A. Dean, she's at 21 points, 12 rebounds per game at over four assists and two steals. <laughs> the rest of the team looks similar with Kaylee Cruz at 
eight and a half points per game. Emily Lee at 8.8. Jade Ramirez, Gabby Harris. The rest of it looks pretty much like you would see it finally, but now they've got that one girl really taking control of the scoring, and she had 35 against San Ramon Valley. Yeah, and, and you brought up a great point that I really want to get into as well with the amount of amazing coaches that we have just on the women's side of basketball right now when you go from SOPAC to Sue Phillips to, to um, you know, over there at Pinewood and everything like that. Just kind of talk about the historic standpoint that you think that the Bay Area women's basketball is seeing and why you think there's so many great coaches here right now. I think it's just people that are really invested in these kids, I think is one thing you're noticing at the schools and football and baseball and everywhere else, the coaches that are most invested in the kids and their success are the ones that are winning. We're seeing also at San Ramon Valley, they were not a good program before the Cristianos took that over. And since then they've won NCS, they were undefeated. They just went to SoCal and San Diego, won that tournament there. There's a lot of great teams. O'Dowd's got a great coaching staff, very invested. Chris McSwain at Valley Christian's doing a fantastic job. And they went two and one at the West Coast Jamboree. They beat, I mean, they lost to Merle Catholic, I should say, by three points. But we'll get into them in a second. But they beat Vanden, who beat San Ramon Valley. And Giles Butler just had 29 points and 14 rebounds in one game last week. It's, I think it's so simple as these coaches are so invested. They're going to open up the gyms at any time. If a player wants to get shots up in the gym, no matter what that coach is doing, okay, maybe I can't, but I'm going to have an assistant go unlock it for you. Get some shots up. Some of these programs, I know San Ramon Valley's got a 20,000 shots club made over the summer. They've had players make that. You're seeing this investment with Bishop O'Dowd's doing. You're seeing Amaya Bonner really succeeding. They're going to Cal. Issa Williams is doing a great job defensively rebounding, scoring. Real Catholic's coaching staff always been great. Vanden's really taken that next step. Oakland Tech, a program a couple of years ago, wins state this year. You watch them against San Ramon Valley, just didn't look like Oakland Tech typically, but then they gave Mitty a run for everything it had in that game. You saw that Oakland Tech was up on Mitty at one point. That's that's hard for anybody to do. It took everything Pinewood had to beat Mitty last season, and Oakland Tech was up on them for a little bit. Simplest answer is the investment and just people that really understand the game. If you haven't watched that Doc Shepler podcast from last year, the way he breaks down basketball, it it's not as complex as you think. It's like when you're watching football or like the legendary John Madden, rest in peace to him, the way he could describe the game so simple for everybody. It was just anyone can get it. Didn't matter how well you knew the game or not. It was so simple to coach and teach. Same with Tony Romo when he does NFL games. And a lot of these coaches just explain it. They make a complex game look so simple with the way they coach this. And Shepler's one of those guys. And we need to get him and Sopak, Cristiano, Chris McSwain, all these coaches on a podcast for right when the season's over. I'll make sure I make a group chat after this podcast with all of them to get them on. But it, it's just, it's the way they know the game. It's the way they make it so simple for everybody the way they connect with the kids and the way they're invested in their recruitments, their futures, and just getting their names out there. Yeah, watching the West Coast Jamboree, it, it kind of just hit me while I was in there. I was like, man, women's basketball is in, in an incredible place. And we talked about it at the end of last season of how women's basketball was probably our favorite season to cover um, because it's so competitive right now and because it's so evenly matched. You really, any given day, someone else can win. Um, and someone's going to go on the court, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. So, But you did bring up some teams who 
I would, wouldn't say they're in a different tier, but they're just below the tier that we talked about. Valley Christian, O'Dowd, Bandon, Royal Catholic, Saramon Valley. And I'm going to throw Oakland Tech in there as well. Who do you see out of those teams right there maybe being able to make a leap here at the end of the season uh, to get into that top five conversation we had? The teams that I think that will will be Bishop O'Dowd with Amaya Bonner the way so Williams is playing. They're getting a lot of different contributions. Sure, you look at Amaya Bonner, what she's doing. <laughs> You just saw her in person. I think for the first time, I want to say, or maybe you saw her last season as well. So good. You see why she's going to Cal, but they've got that star. That's such a big thing. Once you get to these big games, they've got that one girl that can just take the game over. San Ramon Valley's got Natalie Pasco going to Boise State. Top 100 recruit in her class as well. Our reigning player of the year, and they've got her. And I think that when you have those kinds of big names, they've also got great defenders around them, scorers, hustlers. Some of these teams too, they've got – that player, they might not light up the box score like a Draymond Green. Like they might not do that. Or like a Dennis Robin would not light up the box score. And I'm not saying they're as crazy as Dennis Robin or anything, but they make these hustle plays that will win you games and get you to the promised land. And I think those are two teams I'm really keeping an eye on. But so is Vanden. Vanden's proven to beat these teams also. Vanden's a team I'm really high on right now. I think Heritage is going to be a dangerous team, especially with Amanda Muse. There aren't a lot of teams that can match up with her. And now you're having Gabby Martini, <clears throat> Zanny Purge, and everyone else stepping up. I think outside of the teams you mentioned, Heritage is one to watch. Monta Vista has got some absolute dogs on defense, too. That's a team that impressed me. Not a lot of numbers there. The eight girls when I saw them, but Sarah Brands, Nia Coleman, Alexis Woodson, great defenders, scorers, passers, rebounders. There's any teams I would look to take the next step this year, I would say it's going to be those programs right there. Yeah, and I'm going to throw in for my own personal thoughts is Oakland Tech because seeing what they did against Midi was impressive. But like he's kind of said with Monte Vista, they didn't have the numbers, they didn't have the depth to keep up with what Midi does. And we all know their press defense is probably the hardest press defense to break um, in all of basketball, men's and women's at this point at the high school level. But the way they were able to compete in that game, uh, it's definitely a team to watch. And as we head into the postseason, kind of see where they get seated at, uh, they're, they're a team to watch out for and definitely a team that I'm excited to see what they do. But we do want to wrap up the football season as we're starting to give out awards. Um, we have not been able to do a podcast since state championship games. Chris, you were down in L.A. for that, made the travel down there, got to see some incredible games between NorCal and SoCal teams. Um, football state champs from this area, we had Vanden get their championship. McClyman's won again with their incredible story in that small school. Sacred Heart Cathedral and Sacred Heart Prep both got their state championships. Balboa from San Francisco, San Marin, and Marin Catholic. Marin Catholic was the first Marin County team to win, uh, mostly just because they played uh, three hours before San Marin <laughs> did. But both of those Marin County teams get their championships uh, this year, and Marin County football definitely uh, showed up on the map this year, but kind of go through those teams. Uh, Vanden, we've talked about them quite a bit, but go through some of the stories that uh, really stood out to you this year. Those first two teams you mentioned, Vanden <clears throat> and McClymans, there's been so much adversity. We've gotten into Vanden before, but you lose a player, get shot and killed tragically. You lose him in the middle of that spring season last year. For them to come back, they had coach pass away they've had so much so much stuff to go through and not only that but in the middle of a pandemic when mental health is just even tougher because you're stuck inside you can't do everything and it's just 
football was everything for these kids. And what do they do? They won a state title. They crushed Windsor on its home field, a great Windsor program under Paul Cronin, beat them. Then they win state to my East, Trey Dimes, Marion York, Devin Martin, Orion Knoll had a great, great, great NorCal championship. Credits them, but McClymonds too. Something in there as well about them is right before they, Michael Peters, their head coach's mother, was on the verge of passing away. She was. He, he wasn't sure if he was going to coach that Northern California championship game against Camp Orlando. Then there was concern that maybe she wouldn't even make it through the state championship. You know, she did. She lived to see the state championship game, and Michael Peters got to win that game. All the players said it was a very emotional time for a coach for that program. We all know what Michael Peters has done at McClyman's and for those kids. Great guy to talk to, a great coach. He, one of those teams, even after they win a championship, they're still running on the field after the game. It's one of the strangest things you're ever going to see. Even after they won state, they were still running. It's just, just so crazy how they do that, but that's part of what makes them go. McClyman's in another division, wins another state title, with enrollment continuously declining there. For them to keep doing this, is really really impressive especially in california where usually private schools win state they're a public school smaller public school that's still keeping this tradition going san marin as well and marin catholic those two programs i was so impressed with them san marin it's only losses by marin catholic to seven and what did they do with that coaching staff and that great team they came out and won justin Gwynn unstoppable aiden jandell joey cook a really smart quarterback harry hughes is a ball hawk defensively so many guys on that team stepped up. Marin Catholic, shout out to Michael Ingrassia for finally getting his first offer. It, it feels like it's been years in the making there. College of Idaho offered him. One of the toughest quarterbacks I've covered and watched in person yeah. in that program. Breaking in 10 new offensive starters. Ended up coming together, even with some guys going down for the year with injury. Breaking in all those starters one state and they had great players defensively. Will Clemens, McBride, all those guys came together, won them a state championship. <clears throat> yeah, it just it was an incredible year in Sacred Heart Cathedral and Sacred Heart Prep with the the starts that they had and the struggles that they had early on for them to come back and win a championship uh, was just absolutely incredible. And Balboa had an incredible season as well in the city. So um, you know, a lot of Northern California teams won uh, state titles this year. Um, <clears throat> But it was just an incredible football season, and, and it's uh, it's sad to see it go. It's a part of our lives for you know three, four months, and and then it just goes away just like that. Um, but it you know it's sad to see it go. I know there's a lot of seniors that we're saying goodbye to, and not all of them. Some of them are still playing sports, whether it's basketball, wrestling, track and field, baseball. But um, it is definitely a uh, a sad thing to go. But what a fun season it was, and a lot of t great fun moments uh, history being made uh, I will say the best game that I went to this year personally was that Bellarmine Los Gatos game um, with the the interception heard around the world um, that was returned for a touchdown <laughs> but kind of go through what your favorite story of this season is before we get into our final uh, awards and topic for the day my favorite story from this season that's such a good question well, McClymans and Vanden, I think, are some of my favorite stories together just because of what they went through and how they overcame all of that to win state championships, 
Sacred Art Cathedral going from a program that nobody really knew about in that league to beating Bellman during the regular season to getting this far. Antioch football really taking that next step. That was very, very impressive. Right? Antioch had a good run with Najee Harrison a little bit after him. Struggled for a few years, but that coaching staff has done such a great job there. Isaiah Pino, Ryan Hernandez, some great players this season really stepped up. Foothill going back to back in its league with a senior class that was one and nine as freshmen. So now multiple guys with division one offers to Camp Alindo. Everyone thinking again, this is their down year, right? This is the down year. Even their head coach, Kevin Macy said it. I think he's just at this point playing with everybody because what did they do? They won, they won NCS again. And they went to a NorCal championship before bowing out against McClyman's. Those would be some of my favorites and my favorite game. There were a few really good ones. That Cal Clayton Valley game in the regular season was one to remember because Cal was down for most of that game. Then that second half they get going. You have a couple of big plays there in that final drive and that post route to Jay Calcano. He gets that touchdown. Cal wins with 10 seconds left. It was just such a crazy game too because of everything that happened with the discrepancy with rules and the refs leaving for 15 minutes to get a rule book. There was that, the battle of Pleasanton to have after last season, that game not being played because of COVID cancellations to not having a full crowd there. Foothill coming back in that last couple minutes and that Nick Walsh touchdown pass there in the back of the end zone to win that ball game. That was another one of the best games. And it was what high school sports was about because the whole town was there. I'm driving through downtown Pleasanton. Everybody, in Pleasanton that day was wearing purple or blue. It just felt like the world was back. It, it, yeah. it felt like one of those moments when you're like, wow, we're, we're really kind of back to this kind of great stuff and a rivalry and a crosstown rivalry being back and then the game coming down to the final few seconds like that. Yeah. What, what an incredible season. And uh, But first, before we continue on Coaches of the Year, Chris, I know you like to thank our sponsor, Fremont Bank. Yeah, we'd like to thank Fremont Bank for sponsoring this podcast and for being the official bank of West Coast Preps. With Fremont Bank, you'll get everything you want from your bank. You'll also make a lot possible in your community. We thank Fremont Bank for their support of West Coast Preps and all high school athletics. Yeah, and thank you to Fremont Bank for sponsoring and being our official bank of West Coast Preps. But next, we have Coach of the Year, which I know is a special award for both of us because... We are so close with so many of these coaches, and uh, we get to talk to them so much. But just to run through, we did release our finalist on westcoastpreps.com, but Jalal Beachman from Bellarmine, uh, Corey Boyd and Dominic DeMere from San Marin, Greg Calcogno from St. Francis, Victor Galley from Pittsburgh, Greg Hobner from Foothill, Kevin Macy from Camp Lindo, Barry McLaughlin from Sacred Heart Cathedral, Mazi Moyd from Marin Catholic, Sean Murphy from Vanden, Tim Murphy and Nick Tisa, co-head coaches from Clayton Valley Charter, Chad Nightingale from Salesian, Michael Peters from McClymans, and then lastly, Patrick Walsh from Sarah. And we're just going to kind of go one through uh, one by one, do kind of a rapid fire here of what your thoughts are and how their season went. So first off, we'll go with Bellarmine and Jalal. Bellarmine's a program with so much history, but for those last couple of years before Jalal, took over with that staff. They didn't want to combine five games those last two seasons. This year, what does Bellarmine come out and do? They beat Benno Atherton with all those D1 kids week one. 
They go eight and four. They had that crazy game to beat an undefeated Los Gatos team in the start of the CCS playoffs. They beat Central Catholic for Modesto, who went to a state championship game, a team that also beat San Ramon Valley. They did a great job. Then at San Marin, you had their job of going 14 and one, their program's first ever state title and winning NCS for the first time since 2001. Both of those programs right there really taking that next step and cementing themselves kind of in Bay Area lore forever, I guess you could say now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's a, a great season for both of them there. And then you also have Greg Cogno from St. Francis, um, who created history with his own team in many different ways this year. Yeah, they beat De La Salle, the first Northern California team in 30 years to do it. Folsom did do it there in the playoffs in the NorCal Championship at St. Francis. Got the job done. They beat De La Salle. They won the league. They beat Sarah convincingly late in that regular season. They did fall in the CCS Championship game by a couple of points, but a great season there for St. Francis to become one of the best teams. And that line playing, that running game was spectacular. The big receivers, Josh Perry, anytime you needed him to make a play, he would come up with some really big third down passes. Yeah, without a doubt. And then a guy that we talked about very early in the season as a front runner for uh, Coach of the Year, Victor Galley, with their incredible schedule that they had. Yeah, it's unfortunately, that Sarah game got canceled. I would have loved to have seen that with the smoke. But Pittsburgh winning NCS for the first time since 1991. Before St. Francis beat De La Salle, they were the last team to beat De La Salle that season. It's, it's crazy how that comes around. Pittsburgh then wins NCS. They go to the NorCal Championship. They've got a lot of these players coming back, too. Zach Card, Kai Taylor, Charles Brown Jr., Jaden Rashada, Rashid Williams. Victor Galley, too, his impact goes way off the football field, too, with his investment in that community, in that city. Yeah, incredible season by Pitt. His next year of the year that they uh, that they finally get to take down De La Salle themselves. I still have to see it, I believe it. Oh, boy. All right, well, we'll have that debate off camera again. But next up, we have Foothill, who you mentioned earlier, Greg Hogner, has done an incredible job uh, there at Foothill. He has. Taking over for a legend like Matt Sweeney is a really tough task. He had won over 200 games all those league and section titles. He almost won a league title on half of his years as a coach there. They won a second straight EBAL Valley title. They go to an NCS championship game. They they lose that great senior class. We've got a lot of great guys they're developing coming up. Cade Millard, Jake Patterson. You've also got Chris Lawson, that ridiculous freshman receiver and defensive back. He's going to be a scary sight these next few years. But hello, Greg Hobner doing a great job. Now excited to see what he does as an assistant for softball with Matt Sweeney this year with how good Foothill softball has been. Yeah, without a doubt, great season for Foothill. They went deep in the playoffs as well, but they did end up ultimately losing to Camp Alindo and Kevin Macy, and somehow they just keep winning. It's, it's crazy how they do this. They lost so many great seniors from last year's mm -hmm. team. It, it was literally most of their starting lineup was gone, and they had a short offseason to do it after going undefeated in that spring. Kevin Macy looked at me after when they won league. I forgot who they were playing that day, but I think it may have been Akawani's or Los Lomas. I'm trying to remember the schedule, but I, I know he was best with me now saying, yeah, we lose so much, man. It's going to be hard to replicate this. Well, you know what? You, you got me, dude. You got me again. I, I I just don't know how you keep doing it at a public school like this, but it's just, it's crazy. They went from going one and two to start the year, getting crushed out of the gates mm -hmm. 
to winning an NCS Division II title. They've won six North Coast Section Championships since 2011. Insane run by Camp Lindo and Kevin Macy, and he just somehow keeps getting it done. But another team that had a slow start out of the gates was Sacred Heart Cathedral, but Mary, Barry McLaughlin, sorry about that, uh, turned that team around, and they ended up going and winning a state title. They did. They started off slow. They lost to Sacred Heart Prep there in that first game, a really tough game. Then mm-hmm. what did they do? Once they beat Bellarmine, I think everybody was like, okay, now this team's coming together with all the talent with Jerry Mixon, Ray John Spears, Bruce Ubereza. They just really came together to win that state championship and their second ever CCS title in program history and their first ever state championship there at SHC. Yeah, I talked to him after the game. He said that the turning point of their season was actually the Valley Christian game, a game that they felt they should have won. And after that game, something something clicked with that team, and they went on a run for the ages. But next up, we have Marin Catholics, Mazi Moid, um, first ever Marin uh, County Championship by a few hours. Yeah, they had those 10 new offensive starters, like Ed said earlier. Besides Michael and Grassi, they went 14-1. and one. They had beat El Cerrito. They beat Cardinal Newman, convincing them at NCS championship. They won NCS for the third time since 2015. They won state for the first time ever. Just did so much well. Such a disciplined program. So you, ne- you never saw those kids get upset on the sideline when things went wrong. You never saw anybody go crazy or upset. It was just calm. And I think that's Mozzie Moyet. Apparently, he used to be a little crazier on the sidelines a few years ago. But... Just a deep voice, really calm guy, always under control, and his players really follow that at Marin Catholic. Yeah, what a fun season it was to get to watch them uh, go through that season and an incredible year that they had. But next up, we have Vanden, uh, Sean Murphy, and for many different reasons, he's on this list. Just everything they went through to come together like this, to beat Windsor and NCS, to go 13-2, and end that year with a seven-game winning streak in Wind State is a run for the ages. It really is with everyone they did it with, with Jemiah East, who was Daniel Murphy's great. It was Daniel Hughes' best friend. Yeah. It was, and he took that so hard. It, he took that Daniel Hughes news super hard. And he came back and won it for his best friend. And everything he did in that postseason, we've seen Jemiah East, he did so much on both sides of the ball, a top 45 player for many, many reasons. He played well. Devin Martin at linebacker would not let a guy get an inch on him. Orion Knoll, terrific, terrific player up front for them, especially against Windsor in that championship game. But Vanden, everything it went through to win a state championship is one of the most impressive feats I've seen. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, we've talked about it so much on this podcast already. There's, there's not enough words to be put out in the world to talk about what that team did this year. And a great job by Sean Murphy. Next up, we have another Murphy, but also Nick Tisa and Tim Murphy as co-head coaches at Clayton Valley Charter, um, a team that really was not projected to be fantastic again this year, but somehow they did. When was the last time they punted on fourth down? You know, in the NCS uh, championship game, they actually didn't go for it on fourth down as much as I thought they would. Really? I've always seen them go for it, and they get it, too. Maybe, you know maybe crazy, this Tisa is, this... is getting Murphy to calm down a little bit on going for it on fourth down. I don't know. I, I, I love that duo. They're so different, but they're also so good <clears throat> together as coaches. And it shows you they go for a fourth down every time and you know what's coming. You know either it's that counter play 
out of that pistol shotgun or you're having that screen pass and every time though it's executed so well which goes to how good that coaching staff is because you know it's coming but they have the guards pulling so well we've seen that the practice how well they run that into the ground in these kids to make sure that thing's as precise as it gets before we get on to that next step here they are they won ebal mountain one of the toughest leagues in california and the west coast for a second straight year they also beat Liberty Bakersfield, who went to a state championship. They beat San Juan Valley, Cal, Monta Vista, went to an NCSD1 championship game. Murphy and Tisa, not always the easiest thing to be co-head coaches, but you know what? They worked so well together. They knew their jobs, did it perfectly. And Tisa used to be a head coach at Doherty Valley and did a great job there. He had them winning, gave them a winning season there. Him and Tim Murphy, with Murphy's done and what Tisa's done and them together with their different skill sets, has voted so well for Clayton Valley. And Tim Murphy was supposed to resign. I know he was supposed to retire and resign last year. He told his wife, I'm resigning. That's what I'm going to bring the letter to the school. And the school convinced him to stay as a co-head coach. He brought it back. And he said his wife wasn't too thrilled when the resignation letter was still in his hand. Yeah, and he will be back. I don't know if he's ever yeah, going to leave. Will. I'm not sure. No, uh, I I think he says it. I think he says it, but then you know the way that guy is. He can't get away from it. Yeah, next time he says he's retiring, I'm just going to start laughing because I'm not going to believe it until the day <laughs> that Clayton Valley Charter is playing a football game and is he's it, on the sideline. Is it pretty much – is it like the equivalent of Brett Favre almost? Brett Favre is like, I'm retiring. No, never mind. I think it's just – I think Murphy wants to play with us. And I love Murphy. Trust me, I love Murphy. Yeah. But Murphy is just one of those guys. <laughs> if you knew Murphy, you wouldn't have said he's just such a fun guy to be around. Any more games, I get to see him on the sideline. I'm happy, so I'm glad he's coming back. Yes. Um, but I don't know if the household is very happy that he's coming back. But next <laughs> up, we have Chad Nightingale from Salesian, who also got a uh, a state title this year again. And what an incredible season they had. Barris, another small school. So you think of Salesian, you really associate them with basketball. Well, start associating them with football. That's two straight state titles they've won. Last season, when there was state in 2019, they won state. That was the first time in not only Salesian history, but also in the city of Richmond's history, they won state. They did it again this year. Devin Quinn, a great athlete. Max Harrell, man, I watched that lineman in person. And geez, Louise, I'm telling you, every single play an opposing D lineman was on the ground. Just one of the best linemen I got to watch this year. It was poetry in terms of line play there. They had Milo Jenkins, another great player on both sides of the ball. He had a crazy catch there in the NorCal championship game. Yep. But Chad Nightingale, a great coach, pretty, pretty calm demeanor on the sidelines too. I, I swear he spits out his water every five seconds. It, it's it's just something you get so used to it with him, but he's just an incredible coach. He's doing a great job at Salesian. The players love him. He loves the players. It's one of those cultures when you're around Salesian. He would talk about culture, how big that is. And Salesian's culture is top-notch. Yeah, without a doubt, another great year back-to-back for them. But next up, we have, I think, one of the most impressive runs that uh, that you're going to see. McClyman's Michael Peters. Uh, we have talked about it a little bit already, but just kind of go through it again one more time. They won state title at another level, right? This time, 3A. It's their fourth state title since 2016. They went 12-1, and outscored opponents 640 <laughs> to 125 they beat camp Lindo, they beat marin catholic they won state just rolled past everybody even with enrollment numbers declining it's it's a crazy thing 
what McClymans has done there in Oakland all these years. Yeah, and then certainly not least, but the final candidate and the final finalist from Sarah, Patrick Walsh, who's just absolutely incredible. He's one of those people you talk to and you meet. He's everything that's right about high school sports. He's one of the most genuine and best people. We all have him to thank and some others, of course, him, Alan Ball, those guys for bringing high school football and high school sports back last year. He's just so invested in this. So you can look at it. They lost to modern day. It, it didn't matter who played modern day in that game. There was so much talent. Even with everything that's happened, Walsh has nothing but great things to say after that game. So positive. They lost to Sam Mahasan earlier in that season to an ACL tear, the reigning Bay Area Player of the Year, to still come out on top of the CCS D1 bracket, to be NorCal's representative in the Open Division. Really one of those things that Walsh is one of these, one of those coaches, one of those leader of men that you can't quite put into words how great of a job he's done. And when he was actually getting hired at Sarah, Tom Brady was one of those people on that committee to bring him in advocating for Patrick Walsh to be brought into the head coach. So if, if the GOAT wants you, I think that's all you ever need to hear. And also, Walsh was a great player, De La Salle, back in the day, too, and now he's doing big things with Sarah. Yeah, Tom Brady's never made a wrong decision in his life. Um, so never. clearly he wasn't never. wrong about bringing Walsh in as the head coach there because they are a powerhouse, um, and they just continue to win. And uh, I think we all expect them to do great things again next year and Patrick Walsh will I will almost say certainly be in this finalist list again for the third straight year <laughs> next year definitely <laughs> that does wrap up our football season um, we do have some more awards coming out like athlete of the year uh, make sure you go check out the all league and top 45 which is on westcoastpreps.com right now uh, what second team came out today I believe so first team will be out yes. tomorrow which is Thursday so what an incredible season it has been. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up football season until next August? It's crazy to think because it wasn't even just one season. And this year in total, after the showcases, we had that club football in Southern California. By the way, I saw the WCA facility. That was top notch. Thank you to them for having me there when I went to state. Went all those club travel football games. You had spring football. You had the short off season. Then to a full fall season. We've had football every month of the year this year. Now we have a regular off season. It feels really weird because after that spring season, we had two or three months and then the new football season came this time. It's what, seven or eight months, nine months until our next season starts. I'm not sure how to handle that. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be strange. And, and to think that this podcast and, and West coast has been doing so much football coverage. Um, there's not going to be any. Sorry, guys. There's no football coverage for <laughs> about five to six months until we start rolling out preseason top 45. Um, so, and that's not to say that there isn't a ton of great coverage coming up, but it will be weird to not see uh, many football photos and football stories going up on the website uh, because it, it's been a year-long thing and we'll never, I'm going to knock on wood and go out on a limb and say that we will never see something like this ever again. Um, where we have football basically 12 months of, out of the year. Yeah, I hope it's back to normal. See, I know this week's been crazy with cancellations. It was the week after the holidays, so I'm not surprised. But I think we'll get closer to normalcy again with basketball here pretty soon. It's just the holidays, New Year's. Everybody was together. 
I was on the phone with an AD earlier today. She, she was just saying, yeah, we expected this. She was reading me the emails of all these different cases or exposures with student athletes and kids, but she anticipated things getting back to normal pretty quickly. So that's good news to hear, especially from an athletic director who's very well plugged in this region. So if, if your games are getting canceled or if you even have games, just please let us know right now. I know it's been crazy. We even have some of our game of the week considerations get postponed. So just let us know. Tweet at us at West Coast Preps underscore. Email us at team at westcoastpreps.com for any information on games, when they're being rescheduled, if they're still happening. I'm supposed to go to a game tonight. We'll find out if that happens because I was supposed to go to another game. I'm just not even going to say where I'm going until about 4 or 5 o'clock just in case something crazy happens. But we'll see if you guys have games. Just please let us know because I want to see kids play sports and just get their names out there. And also for our roundups, everything else, stat leaders, if you have stats and everything else, top performers we should mention, just email us at team at westcoastpreps.com. If you email us, tweet at us, I promise you every time you do that stuff does go online on our website. Yep. It's definitely been a wild week and I, it's a, uh it's a weird situation and it's tough for, for everyone. It's, you know, obviously kids want to play and, and for us, you know, we're just trying to figure out where, where games are happening, what is <laughs> happening. Um, Chris, I know you went to a game last night and then you showed up and it got yep. about 10 minutes. Before yeah. You- I got there. I, I rolled into the parking lot at six I'm walking up to the gym. I'm told right away. Yeah. It just got canceled. <laughs> just one of those things. I'm like, okay. What can you do? I kind of expected something like that would happen this week. Luckily, though, there is a game tonight. The coach texted me that it is still on, and he just texted me right before this podcast. So, fingers crossed, I will be the game tonight because if that game does happen, it will be one player's first game back since December, early December. He's one of our top players in the Bay Area, so I'm hoping that comes back because that's supposed to be one of the only games in the Bay Area tonight. So, if that gets canceled, there might not be a game tonight, and I, I don't want that to happen. Yep, and with all the cancellations, that means I will probably be at the movie theater. So, <laughs> but what what movie what movie what movie are you gonna see? I don't know. I might go see Spider Man for like the tenth time because uh, it's one of the. I want to see that. I, w- I want to see the Kurt Warner movie. I that was a really that good movie. Movie. that was a great. I went and saw that it. was okay. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a great movie. There's a there's Kingpin. By the way, this is the part of the West Coast Press podcast where it just goes off the rails. So um, if you don't want to listen to us just, you know, go back and forth about random stuff, then then you can totally log off. If you want to hear us talk about absolutely nothing, uh, you can certainly stay and hear us. But yeah, no, there's uh, there's some good movies out. I think Keenson, maybe that one. That's a good one to go see okay. tonight. So okay. we'll see. Yeah, there's, there's always good okay. movies. Sounds good. When you got that Regal Pass, you know, free plug for Regal, it's like 24 bucks unlimited movies that's uh it's like free money there's really no better experience than when you're at the movie theater you get the popcorn with the butter you get your candy you get your large soda and you're just chilling there like there's really no better more peaceful experience than that no i agree and that's why i'm at the movies all the time so it's uh (laughs) (laughs) it's my although have you seen spider-man yet chris because that's actually i'm supposed to go i'm actually supposed to go see that this weekend okay all right fair enough because we need to get you into marvel it's gonna happen you know i don't watch all the marvels but the one marvel i've always loved is spider-man so i was i think i was spider-man a couple times for halloween as a kid all right fair enough 
Well, any final thoughts before we log off and wrap this up for the 100th edition of the West Coast Press Podcast? Any memories from the first 99? Well, we launched a year and almost half ago. We just finished up our first full calendar year. We almost had a million page views, shattered all these records that I didn't think were possible. So thank you to everybody in this region. Greg and I are both from here, so it's even more special to us to be able to tell your stories and share your stories. Just grateful for all of you, all the student athletes, parents, band members, cheerleaders, coaches, administrators, athletic directors, principals, just every people working the gates, letting us in, and people giving us free food or drinks at games, whatever it is. Thank you to all of you for supporting us on this journey. We can't wait for what 22 this year has in store. Yeah, and I, I will say the relationships that we've been able to make, um, you know, with some of the people that come on the podcast, like Labiotis, Shepler, Mike Hill. Um, and then also, I, I do have to give a shout out to Mr. Price, one of the best moments last year. I went to like back to back to back games during the football season. And then I tweeted out, I'm hungry because I was talking to Pierre and he tweeted at me. And then someone from the stands came over and gave me, uh, it was Miss, Mrs. Price gave me a, uh, nice little Gatorade energy fuel package. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that it, it's a small thing, but it's something that stands out and just kind of talks about, I think, what we've created, which is a family atmosphere and community with West Coast Preps. And and we really can't thank you enough for, for all that. You guys have supported us, and, and it's just been an incredible journey, and I can't wait for the next 10, 20, 50 years of uh, West Coast Preps coverage. Yeah, we've got some exciting things in the work, too. We just talked the other day, so just stay tuned for everything else we've got coming your way. The more we can help out these kids, the better it is for everybody. Yep. Well, that will do it for the 100th edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. Make sure you go to westcoastpreps.com and subscribe. And make sure you go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or TikTok at westcoastpreps underscore and follow all our social medias, go on our YouTube page and subscribe at under West Coast Preps. And everyone have a great day and goodbye.